Welcome to Notes from the Electronic Cottage. I'm Jim Campbell. Automobiles have been much in the news of late for a number of reasons, most of which have to do with digital technology. Several large auto manufacturers have had to shut down or seriously reduce production of their products because there's a serious shortage of key components. Those key components aren't bumpers or brakes or windshields, they're computer chips. On past editions of the Electronic Cottage, we have, on more than one occasion, observed that folks could be forgiven if they thought of today's cars as essentially computers on wheels. Many of today's automobiles have over a million lines of computer code in them. And, as the current stop production lines in Detroit and Japan illustrate, they're filled with hundreds of computer chips that do everything from sensing tire pressure to allowing insurance companies to monitor good or bad driving practices to help set up insurance rates, all the way up to enabling cars to essentially drive themselves. Aside from the slowdown of new cars hitting showrooms due to the shortage of key computer chips, there are quite a few other big items having to do with cars today that could make our relationship to our vehicles quite different over the next five years than it has been over the past 50. We just mentioned insurance companies providing technology that can be plugged into a car, technology that monitors everything from how many miles are driven, to how fast the car is going, to how often and how hard the driver hits the brakes or turns the steering wheel, and a whole lot of other things as well. The insurance company can then make a judgment about how likely it thinks the driver is to get into an accident and then offer good drivers a discount on their insurance premiums. What happens to those who are deemed to be higher risk drivers is generally not part of the cheery advertisements that the insurance companies celebrate about this new technology. At present, installing one of these devices in a person's car is voluntary, an incentive for good drivers to maybe get a break on their insurance premiums. There's another version of this type of technology that is voluntary for some, but not for others. We refer, of course, to a similar technology that parents can install into a car that a teen drives. That tech keeps track of the teen's driving performance in real time and, we imagine, can result in the teen handing over the car keys if the driving performance is not, in the parent's view, up to snuff. In both cases, the use of this technology today is voluntary for the car owner. But suppose the use of this or similar technology were not voluntary. How might we feel about that? There are a number of reasons why driver monitoring technologies of various types may find their way into our cars, always promoted as ways to increase societal good. It's no secret, for example, that the U.S. and the world is moving away from fossil fuel as a way to power our cars. Some fully electric cars are already on our roads, as well as many more hybrids. It's just a matter of time until essentially all of us are driving electric vehicles, and proponents say that will be great for the planet. It won't, however, be great for highway construction and maintenance budgets, which are currently funded by income from taxes on gasoline, income which will decline and then vanish as electric vehicles become ubiquitous. 
Present taxes on gasoline mean that those who drive more and use the highways and byways more pay more in road taxes. But what happens when electric cars don't use gasoline? That is a big problem, one that politicians and highway departments are wrestling with as we speak. Some have suggested making the yearly registration fee for electric vehicles quite high. The problem there is that there's no way to know if the person in line behind us at the town office to register our cars will drive as much as we drive or half as much. We'll both pay the same registration fee. That is a problem. Some have suggested that people would somehow have to pay a tax on the electricity they use to charge their electric cars. But that requires a way to build the electricity that's used, for example, for the dishwasher, separate from the electricity used to charge the car. At present, anyway, that idea seems like a non-starter. Others have suggested that the road taxes should simply be based on the mileage that a car drives. But how do we know what that mileage is? One way is to have a device in the car, similar to those used by insurance programs mentioned earlier, that can keep track of the mileage. The device can then transmit the mileage to, for example, the State Department of Motor Vehicles, and the car owner pays the tax next time the car is registered. Another possibility, one somewhat less invasive in terms of privacy, is for states that require an annual vehicle inspection to have the inspector record the car's mileage during the inspection and submit that information to the Motor Vehicle Department. It's an extra step in the inspection process, and one that most garages in Maine would probably not be too excited about having to deal with. The state of Oregon has a voluntary experiment underway called Origo that provides several options for car owners, whether electric or gas-powered. They can opt for different combinations of registration fees and mileage-driven totals to figure out their road tax costs. If a car owner chooses to pay based primarily on mileage-driven, the owner can also choose a GPS tracking system that calculates how many miles are driven in Oregon and how many outside the state that the owner would not have to pay taxes on. As we can see, these various mileage-based tax systems can get very complicated very fast and require new forms and levels of technology to be able to monitor mileage use and calculate taxes due. Complicated as that tech process may be, it doesn't even consider the addition of technology proposed by bills currently in Congress that would require driver monitoring software on all new cars sold in this country within the next six years. Yep, automobiles are becoming even more like computers on wheels, and that brings up a lot of new issues on how we will interact with our cars. And we'll do our best to bring up those issues for discussion right here on future editions of Notes from the Electronic Cottage.